So recently, my friend Phil was telling me about his son having nightmares. And his son's only young. Every night, he'd be up um, crying out for his dad from his bed. And so Phil would go into his room and try and calm and settle him. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation or a similar situation, but you start looking for some really pretty radical situations, and you know anything perhaps. And Phil, he turned to prayer. Now prayer isn't radical, but one time of prayer, he felt God tell him that for six nights he should prayer walk around his neighbourhood. He was keen for his son to stop having nightmares, so he um, he he did what God said. And on the seventh morning, they asked his son, "Um, you didn't call out last night. Why not? What happened? And his son said, I had a nightmare, but before I called to you, I heard a voice, and it was Jesus, and he spoke to me, and he said, he he came to me and comforted me. So, Daddy, I didn't need your help. And this, I I was amazed as I heard Phil tell me this story. An audible voice, Jesus saying, I want to comfort you. And today I want to come with an encouragement to you that God wants to reach out to you. God wants to comfort uh, comfort you in the situations you're in. He wants to speak to you this evening through his word. And we've already read the passage from Psalm 130. We're going to work our way through those verses today. And we're looking at a psalm which helps us worship. It helps us on this journey to worship. And it's a great psalm. And I know you've been studying a few on Sundays. And this one um, is as good, I'm sure, as the rest you've done. And I am confident God will speak to you today. Um, has anyone been to a wedding recently? Raise your hand. Anyone been to a wedding? Yeah, a few hands in the room. Maybe some uh, watching on the videos also been to a wedding. I've been, I went to one, my last one um, in May 2020, on the first day that weddings were allowed. And I was leading the wedding. And I, it took me a long time to prepare. Did it take anyone else a long time to prepare for the wedding? I'm sure you know, some of you guys get your makeup on and all that. For me, I have to get my suit dry cleaned because no doubt I'll have stained it the last time I wore it. I've got to make sure my shirt's signed, my shoes are shined. I've got to find a tie that's both clean and doesn't belong to my dad. I've also got to find my cufflinks from somewhere in my sock drawer. Very rarely can I find a pair. Why do I put all this effort in? Well, because I'm preparing myself for a celebration. And this kind of preparation happens all the way around the world, joining in with an occasion where we celebrate. And this psalm helps us prepare. It helps us prepare not our clothes, but our hearts. Not for a wedding, but for worship. And within the context of Jewish worship, because this psalm would have been written to Israel in the years way, you know, way before Jesus, been written 3,000 years ago, that kind of time. And it helps them prepare. The other things that were going on at the same time is there would have been rituals of sacrifice of animals. Of to kill an animal was to atone for the sin of the people. They would have journeyed to Jerusalem, literally journeying up the hill to Jerusalem. 
They would have entered the extensive temple courts, journeyed closer and closer to where the presence of God dwelled in the Holy of Holies. People's journey was all about getting ready to meet with God, getting ready to be prepared, being prepared to come to him in worship. And this was an Old Testament way. We're not required to follow it today. There's no longer killing of animals. There's no longer the same um, kind of need to do so because Jesus has paid the price for sin once and for all. There's no need to go to Jerusalem. There's no need even to come into a church building to worship. We can do that anytime, anywhere. Because God has come and made himself known to us. Come and made himself known to us, his people. The, now worship, just like I've just talked about it being a heart thing. It's not a clothing thing, it's a, heart, it's a heart issue. And I don't know if any one of you remembers, in the 90s, there was um, a singer who led worship called Matt Redman. And he sang a song called Heart of Worship. And I, as I said earlier, I became a Christian at 15. And I taught myself to play guitar. And I don't know why, but... Um, my, the church that I was part of let me play guitar, let me lead them in song. I couldn't play really very well. I couldn't hold a tune in, um, with my voice. Yet, they let me lead them in this song. And the songs, some of the lyrics are, I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, Jesus. I bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you require. You search much deeper within through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. And I remember singing this song out of tune with the chords in the wrong order. Yet, and I'm not really quite sure how the church responded. I no longer lead worship. So I learned myself that wasn't a good idea. But I knew that in my heart, I wanted to please God. I wanted to live for him. I wanted to tell people about him. I wanted to worship him on a Sunday and every day of the week. And Romans 12 says, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That verse speaks not of Sunday singing only, but of everyday living for God. And it begs the question of all of us, what am I going to do differently each day as well as on a Sunday, in order to worship God. And this psalm, it's going to give us a pattern of what life could look like. And we're going to get into the verses and see the answers to four quick questions. Verse 1 and 2 show us how we descend on this journey. Verses 3 and 4 show us how we receive God's mercy. Verse 5 and 6 show us how we see God correctly. And verse 7 and 8 show us how we ascend. So, Let's start, verse 1 and 2. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive for my cry for mercy. What are the depths you're in at the moment? How do you relate to this person who writes this psalm? Maybe it's your family struck with COVID. Maybe you're grieving or you're suffering loss. Maybe it's disappointment might be like the psalmist here, as we read a little bit later. We see it's, it's his sin that causes him to come to the depths. 
He's overcome with guilt. But the truth of the gospel is God forgives the sinner who repents. Notice here the posture, out of the depths. What's his posture? He's low. He's not on a mountaintop. He's not just done some great act of obedience for God. He's not, he's not in success or prosperity. It's in the depths. And we're a, Christians, we're a come-as-you-are kind of people. Right? We're, we, we don't need to come to God having been great successes in our life. That's because God is an accepting Father for anyone who approaches him humbly. To ascend to God on high, and we'll get there at the end of the message, we first need to descend. We first need to lower ourselves and call out humbly. And don't be deceived by the lie that you're not good enough. Don't be deceived that you're not worthy enough to come to God. Because the cry of the psalmist is out of the depths. He comes to the throne of heaven. The throne of heaven hears his voice from the depths. So if you're in the depth today, be encouraged. You can approach God. But I want to ask you, have you found yourself quiet in your conversation with God? As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are meant to talk with God. It's a, what a prayer life is all about. But have you found yourself quiet? A period of time earlier this year where I went quiet. I struggled to talk to God. If I'm honest, I was in my debt struggling with some disappointment. I thought something was going to happen in the life of our church that hasn't. It didn't. Something stopped where I thought, oh, we're going to go and get, we're going to go and get this and this is going to happen next. And I thought God was saying yes. And it turns out I was wrong. I was upset, disappointed, and I went silent. Yet Psalm 42, which is a psalm that starts, as the deer pants for the water. That psalm, there's about 10 verses in it. It was so helpful to help me deal with my disappointment. It led me to find reasons to praise God. It gave me some words to pour out my disappointment. And it led me to put my hope back in God again. So have you gone quiet in your conversation with God? Let today be a moment where you choose something different. You choose, oh, I'm going to speak again to God. I'm going to find my voice and call out to him again. So back to the context of the worshipper in Jerusalem, crying out to God for mercy. They needed mercy as they examined their own hearts. Because what waited them in Jerusalem as they journeyed to, uh, to the temple was a priest with uh, the Day of Atonement killing um, a goat and uh, freeing another for, to, as a kind of a scapegoat, symbolic of the sin being away from the people. That's what God had done. For worshippers in Jerusalem, they knew this sacrifice meant that the judgment on Israel was lifted for yet another year. But actually, it couldn't restore a personal relationship between them and God. It couldn't do that. But there was hope. There was hope because this could be received. Not by ritual observance, not by doing the right things or by fasting, but by the mercy of God. Verse 3 and 4. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can with reverence serve you. So how do we receive God's mercy? 
How do we do that today, 2021, here in Escape? Well, we can approach God with confidence. The words of 1 John tell us that if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just and will cleanse us and forgive us all our unrighteousness. In his mind here, as John, the author of that epistle, he has in mind the temple system, big set of temple courts, and there there was a great altar, nine meters long, where the the priest uh, helped atone for the sin of the people. And there was a huge bath um, that could fill 2,000 of your bath at home. Just think of the amount of water. That's the kind of imagery that the writer's saying here that you'd be clean because of what God has done. Because sacrifice and cleansing are required for Israel to approach God. And this forgiveness is incredibly costly for people and for God and available to those who bring themselves low. It's available because of Jesus today. In the Old Testament, it was a temple system that helped do it. Today, it's through the person of Jesus. Jesus, the one who descends from heaven to earth and is lifted high on a cross. He's the one that takes the sin of the world on his shoulders. He's the one who makes it possible for people to approach God, makes it possible for every sinner to be forgiven and accepted and welcomed into the arms of Father God. Is that you today as we've worshipped? Have you seen afresh the wonder of Jesus and what he's done? Lifted high on the cross, paying for the sin of the world. Have you brought yourself low today? Have you descended? And in doing so, find forgiveness. I, the band, thank you. I love worshipping together. I've not sung together for many months with the people of God. Thank you for leading us. I felt so encouraged as we worship. God's with us. He's present. Thanksgiving such a powerful kind of help for us to come and approach God and meet with him. So let's turn our attention now to how do this third question, how do we see God correctly? I wait for the Lord, the psalmist says. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord, more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. <laughs> when I was at school, I was terrified of our head teacher. Absolutely terrified. When I was at secondary school, this is. Anyone had a fear of a teacher? Anyone in the room a teacher who's, for whom kids are scared? I bet, yeah, I bet there are. <laughs> I was so scared. Do you know why? Because the way I viewed him was as someone who punished people. That's what his role was. He'd roam the corridors waiting to find someone who'd done something wrong. And I'm not that old that I got, ever got caned, but like, there, was, there was severe punishment. And I just lived in fear, walking around the corridors, that something would happen and I'd get in trouble. There was no way that I wanted to be anywhere near him. There's no way I wanted to go to his study and be with him. No chance. I just dreaded getting summoned to his office. I wonder, did anyone feel ever like that about God? Is that how you feel about coming into his presence? Is that how you feel as, as people talk about being with God and enjoying time with him? And I just want to help you correct your view of God. There's a psalmist in these verses talk about waiting for the Lord, about desiring for him to come 
and be with him. And so to desire to be with God, we need to view him correctly. Not as a headmaster driven only to punish and keep order, but as a loving, gracious father who's merciful. Merciful first. And over the pandemic, I've read this book. You probably can't read it and see it. It's called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And it's, it's been absolutely so helpful in my own walk with God, my relationship with him, because it's helped me see what he's like. It's helped me see his character afresh. And one of the um, most uh, quoted uh, verses in scripture is the the scripture that talks about God is who is rich in love and slow to anger. And it's, it's often in the Old Testament and it speaks of God's nature, God's character. And as I've read this book, I've understood about God and his anger because I thought God's anger, he was, he was quick to anger. He, he was just waiting like the headmaster to punish. And what I'd really done is I'd put my view of my head teacher onto God. And that's not true. And I've looked again and seen oh, what God is like is he is slow to anger. Can you imagine a bull in a field who's really cross? Or maybe when it's charging at a matador, it's known as being short nostrils. So that the, you can imagine it blowing air out of his nostrils, so angry and short nostrils. Well, God, this word slow to anger, means he is long nostrils, long nostrils. The air takes a long time. And by the time it's out, there is no anger. God is first full of love and not anger. He's love and mercy are just ready to burst forth. And this perspective on God has helped me this year a lot, know what he's like. It's been a bit of a game changer for me that when I've done something wrong, I know that and I've sinned against him. I'm not cowering, waiting for his judgment. I know he's quick to love and receive me again. And my, the judgment doesn't come on me, it's fallen on Jesus already. And so as we, as we finish, we see this psalm waiting and hoping. That's what he's doing. He's waiting and hoping, waiting for the Lord, hoping in the Lord, in, in his word. It's an active waiting. It's an active hoping. It's not passive. It's full of living for God and um, wanting to live for him every day, moment by moment, not a Sunday thing. And so it finishes in these last two verses. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. Put, uh, so for with the Lord is unfailing love and with him is full redemption. He will redeem him, uh, he himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. So here in closing is how we ascend. We've descended, we've seen how we receive mercy, we've seen it with a correct view of God and now we see how we're to live lives that are on the up. A life full of hope and life full of redemption. It's a journey of thanksgiving. And um, there's an American pastor and writer called John Piper. He writes, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. So if you want to live the best life, we've heard that phrase before, be satisfied in God. It's so simple. But we don't just do it as individuals, we do it together. These psalms were written for a people. This psalm today is still written for a people, the church. And you, one of them, Christ Church Escape.
Are you going to embrace this journey together? It's a journey of thanksgiving. It's a journey where you're meant to do together, speaking the truth in love to one another, lifting each other up, getting to know each other deeply. When we struggle, we're there for each other. When we're rejoicing, we're there with one another. It's a journey also which we're required to invite others in to follow. We've not capped the numbers of Christianity. Jesus came so that every tribe, every tongue and every nation would know about him and his salvation. So please keep inviting others to join us in this journey. Remember that's beginning, my friend Phil and his son, hearing Jesus' voice in his room. What happened because of that encounter was that the boy was brought comfort and he began to journey with God. Today, would you give yourself afresh to journeying with God? And would you do that together? Because this message is not for a person, it's for a people. It's not just for Jude, it's for Christ church. And it's the, peop the people of Israel that receive this unfading love. This full redemption. And today it's communities of people like you who receive the Lord's love and his unfailing love, remember, to share with the world. We've got such a great message of hope to give away and to share. And so let me pray for you as we finish. Thank you, Father. Thank you, you're good. Thank you, you're kind. Thank you that the, the scriptures which talks about you being rich in love are still today true. And I pray that we'd know that. I pray that we'd be peop a people who see you clearly. We, I pray that you'd be a people, um, God, that this people would be, they share this message with the world. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd move in the room, you'd draw hearts to you afresh. The conversations that have gone quiet, would today they restart? I pray that people who are seeing Jesus clearly for the first time, that he's the one who sacrificed for the sins of the world, through whom we can come to the Father. I, pray, I just pray, God, help us approach you with confidence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everyone. Um, thanks, Dan, for explaining that to us. That, that was really helpful. And I know that uh, you live all the way in Leeds, but I know you're not rushing off either. So if anybody uh, wants to talk to Dan about anything that he's said, then um, please do that. Or uh, Matt's around, or I'm around, or pick someone that you know comes to here regularly, and they would love to chat to you um, about some of those things. We've been doing chat about the passage over the last uh, few months since lockdown, Dan. So we just like to ask the questions that we might not quite feel confident to ask you ourselves if we're a little bit shy, or just unpack it like a little bit more. So um, if you don't mind, yeah, you, you knew that we were going to do this. So I say if you don't mind, but really, it doesn't we matter do whether he minds. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to kind of go with it. Um, what, like, what an awesome Sam. Like, out of the depths I cry to you. Like, I don't know how many times I've been in that situation, but yeah, just... Brilliant, brilliant Sam to uh, really encourage us with. So thanks very much for that. I guess the Sam presumes a couple of things for me. Mm. It presumes that we're okay with the idea that we're sinners. Mm. And I just kind of wanted to see what you thought about that. What would you say to somebody who maybe 
isn't entirely comfortable with the idea that they need God's mercy and actually is like, I'm just not that bad. Like, mm. happy for God to be there, even happy to cry to somebody when life gets a bit tough, but I'm not sure I need mercy, thanks. I, I'm, I'm not that bad. Yeah, no, I, I, I have sympathy with that position. It's quite easy, isn't it, to compare ourselves with others and think, oh, actually, I know someone who's a really bad person. I'm not as bad as them. But grace and mercy, it's, they're such a great leveler. They, okay. they, they're able to... What it means is we're, we're all brought low, but we're all brought in the same position. So what it means is I have no right to be any greater than any of you because of grace has brought us all to the same level. Okay. And so thinking, um, yeah, is a sin as being, oh, I'm a sinner, that's quite offensive to me. I can understand that. But I think that um, how God deals with people very graciously, he invites them to himself and actually finds a solution for the sin that the Bible says is an issue at first. Yeah. So there's a sense in which then it's not like a quantity thing. It's not like, oh, a lot of sin, a little sin. Actually, the fact that we're, there's sin in our lives at all, that we have any brokenness, mm. or mm. is that right? Is that what you... So yeah. grace isn't a quantity thing. We need floods of it, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think we can always have more of it. <laughs> yeah, and but it, what it means is that no one is too far from God. Yes. So if you feel like, oh, I've... I've done, I've done too much in my life. Grace says oh, any of us can approach That's God, great news, Which isn't may it? mean for some they require more grace, <laughs> but there's enough grace to go around. Uh-huh. And that was one of the things I thought was really interesting about the psalm, um, the idea that uh, our conversations ha- can go quiet, even if we've been a Christian, or maybe we've not been a Christian and we're wanting to start that conversation but it can feel too big sometimes, can't it? It can feel, oh, I, I, I've been away too long or I've just messed up too much. And mm. starting that conversation just feels weighty. Yeah. What, what yeah. would you say to somebody? I mean, you talked about that a little bit in mm. your preach. Mm. Would you have any encouragements for somebody who's feeling that today? Or? Yeah, I mean, I can imagine myself thinking, oh, I've done this again. God won't... Yes. Oh, I, it's too many times. He won't, maybe like the 50th time's okay, but the 100th time, too many. And whatever the number is, doesn't really matter mm-hmm. because grace is so big. And I think as I've, you know, my personal journey recently of going quiet with God, really what's happening is it, I'm, I'm either upset with him or upset with myself. And I, in doing so, I've, I've, Almost, I'm wearing the wrong pair of glasses. I'm wearing a pair of glasses that look almost that human way of, of things. Like the headmaster. If I've done something wrong, I view he just, he just wants to punish me. Uh-huh. Then it's like anyone, when, as a child, would run away from their parents to stop you getting smacked or, no, smacked <laughs> or other, other punishments for, you know, whatever age you are. Like, that's not how we to approach God. We're not to run away from him because we're scared, because we're scared of punishment, but because his... The story of the prodigal son is the son that returned, having done so much wrong, is honoured. And that encourages me. Yeah, I can totally relate to that idea of that I'm either upset with God or I'm upset with myself. And I don't know if I would always necessarily put that in. I couldn't in the moment. I'm not probably so good at like identifying that. But sometimes I'll blame the circumstances or, you know, oh, I'm just annoyed at these circumstances. But what I really mean is I'm annoyed that God's allowed these circumstances and 
Yeah. And that's, uh, would you just start that out before I talk to you again, please? And or? that's a tricky one out of the two, when you're upset with God. Yes. But I think the words of the Psalms, actually, they give us permission to speak quite freely. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm not condoning, you know, have effing and jeffing at God, <laughs> but he, he'll take it, he'll hear it. Mm-hmm. Because it, what? The way God's made us is we're real people mm-hmm. and he's a real God. Mm-hmm. So he'll relate to us how we come to him and he'll gently correct us to living for him, I think. Yes. When we've got open hearts, uh-huh. we've not got proud, closed uh-huh. hearts. Yes, so, and it doesn't matter which of those camps we find ourselves in, God has a solution for those things, doesn't he? So if, whether it's if we're really upset with ourselves, yeah. he has a solution for that. And if it's we're upset with him, he's there listening, yeah. willing to, to hear what we've got to see, and he has actually a solution for that yeah. as well, doesn't he? It's um, really amazing. Good book recommendation, by the way. Um, I don't know if you caught that. It was Gentle and Lowly by uh, Dane Ortland. Yeah. And you've, it's really annoying because Ash has been reading this book recently as well and has kept saying to me, you need to read it. And so now uh, I'll have to, uh, <laughs> two people recommend it to you, then you, yeah. then you really have to read it. So, yeah. uh, and it's a book, if you hear someone say, oh, it's really good, and then you read it and like it, um, it's a book I find I don't want to give away. So I need to buy another copy oh, right, okay. <laughs> to give away t- as a recommendation. But I can still read Ash's coffee, can't I? Is that can, all right? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> or do you think I should have my own coffee as well? Yeah, buy one to give away. Too, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Um, I hope that some of the things that we've uh, been chatting about have been helpful to you. I hope that they really help you go into Monday uh, knowing that you have confidence to enter into God's presence. Mm. You were talking about ascending, mm. um, and I hope that that is how you experience God's presence this week in that kind of ascending way that we can know Him more. That He, uh, that nothing of the place or the circumstances that we find ourselves can stop us um, accessing God. So uh, thanks very much for that, Dan. Um, Dan had some questions for us, so he not not content that I was to ask him questions, he had some questions for us, and so I'll just read them out to you, and maybe you can think about them, but he said, what stood out for you about the preach? Uh, what am I going to do about what I've heard? And is there someone I can encourage by sharing something of today's message? You don't even need to tell them verbally, you could even just share the link uh, for our YouTube channel or something like that, but we would really love you to think through some of those questions. Uh, let's pray, and then we're, we're closed for today. Thanks. Father, we just thank you for that amazing news that there's nothing in the position that we find ourselves or the depths that which we find ourselves that mean we can't have access to you, that we can't know uh, the mercy and the grace that you provide. And so we just go with our hearts uh, with joy about that because that's such good news Um, and would you help us to take that into this week and would you help us to know it as truth for ourselves and to share it with others we ask in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks everyone.